Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita, who's on the line. Good morning, Valacita. Good morning, Valacita. Good morning, good morning. Happy Wednesday. I think I heard Brother Michael, Grateful, Deborah Evans, and Yvonne. Hopefully I'm correct, and good morning to you all. (laughs) Good morning, Correct. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita, who's on the line. Good morning, uh, Declare Victory. This is Sister Sabrina. Can you please keep me lifted up in prayer? Deliver, um, deliver me out of this depression, please. Yes, we certainly will, Sabrina. Thank you for letting us know. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita. Who's on the line? Good morning, Valacita. Good morning, Miss B. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday. Keep me lifted. Today is my daughter's birthday. Okay, but certainly will. Just keep me in prayer. Okay, certainly will. Love you. Love you more. Thank you. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Wednesday. God bless everyone on the call. Have a great day. Hey, hey. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. Good morning, Valacita. Good 
Good morning. It's this Joy Joy. <laughs> it is. I wanted to say um, happy birthday to Sonia, my sissy. Love you, sis. Happy birthday, Sonia. Love yeah. you. Hey, Christina. Hey, good morning, Valuable. It is Maki. That is so funny. Um, funny, Christina. Why well, I just found her happy birthday message and sent it to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Sonia. We love you so much, girl. Diamond in the back. We love you, girl. <laughs> yep, that's our diamond in the back. Diamond in the back. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita, who's on the line. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning, Vivi. It's Dee Dee. Happy Wednesday. Blessings to Miss Barbara. Sending love up to Tanya and my baby Spice on his birthday today. God bless everybody. Yes. Good morning, Dee Dee, and happy Wednesday to you. Yes, sending love to Miss C and happy birthday, Sonia. Good morning, it's Kindness. Happy Wednesday and happy birthday. Love everybody. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, kindness. Love you, too. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Hello. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Okay, I, I thought I heard you. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Can you please keep me in your prayers? I've got some. Uh, just keep me in your prayers, please. Got you down. Thank you for letting us know. Happy Thank Wednesday you. to Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, valuable. Good morning. Declare victory. Happy Wednesday. It's Rochelle. Have a great, great, great day. Thank you, and happy Wednesday to you, too. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we begin the hosting? Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask everyone to please place your phones on mute, and we'll begin the hosting. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us here in Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to call in during the month of October, where our monthly theme is entitled Sonship. Each declarer will focus on establishing and solidifying our knowledge and understanding of our sonship through Christ, so that we can walk in our true identity in Christ. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. We have two announcements. Today is the day that declare victory fast for anything that you may believe in the Lord for. If you'd like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing, 
and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where we'll call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Second, we'd like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission at Declare Victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths, along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to give. You can give at declarevictory.org or through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash declarevictory or through Cash App at dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. We have some prayer requests. The first one is from Sabrina, and she's asking for prayer for deliverance from depression. Uh, we also have a prayer request from Miss B. She's asking for prayer today, as today is Tanya's, her daughter Tanya's birthday. So we'll lift her up for uh, peace and comfort today and strength. Um, Susie is asking for us to continue to pray for her. And then I also have a birthday announcement. Today is our sister Sonia's birthday. Happy birthday, Sonia. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Christina. Declaration by Dion. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarant. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Christina. Declaration by Dion. And then closing comments hosted by the declarant. The scripture for today, today is from Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 10. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to Christina. Have a blessed day. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Alfie. Um, I said, if everyone, if you are able, if you could just stop. Um, just center your thoughts at this moment on the mercies and the goodness of God. His awesome power and His grace that woke you up this morning. And if you could just bask in His presence, which can be tangibly felt in this moment as we go before the throne of grace during our time of morning. His home. Father, Father, we just want to thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to partner with you in prayer, for uniting our hearts with yours. Thank you for your will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. And right now we say that we will enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning. We thank you for the blessings of keeping us safe from any danger seen and unseen throughout the night. Thank you that we are 
already known to be a joint heir with Jesus, that we have been adopted as sons, as you predestined us according to the intention of the kindness and the goodness of your will. As we cry out, Abba, Father, before you, we cry out, not as slaves, but we cry out as sons. We ask for the Holy Spirit and we testify within us that we are children of the Most High. Because you said that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever we lose on earth will be loose in heaven, and where two or three are gathering your name, we agree upon anything. It will be done by our Father in heaven, and you shall be in our midst. So right now we thank you for your peace your peace that passes all understanding. Because in the fullness, in, in your presence is the fullness of joy. So as we lift up Miss Barbara to you, we ask that you would give her the garment of praise for any heaviness she may feel as today is Tanya's birthday. That she would flood her thoughts with, with memories of their good times. Memories of everything that would bring her joy in this moment and on this day. We ask that you would continue to comfort her, that you would continue to speak to her and enlarge her soul through this grief and this loss and this pain. As we lift her up before you, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that's covering her even now. I thank you for the gift of tears that you have blessed her with, each one that you know by name. And I ask right now that as she sheds these tears or as she releases these, this moment of any sadness that it would be exchanged for praise. It would be exchanged for joy. It would be exchanged for peace that passes all understanding. And as we lose peace into the airways, as we lose peace into the atmosphere, as we decree a thing so that it shall be established this day, we thank you that you are even giving us a fresh anointing to go through the day that is uncontaminated and compromised. We thank you that you are breaking off in this moment any yokes on our lives, and they are being destroyed by the blood. We thank you for lifting every burden that we may have on our hearts as we come before you this morning. And we thank you for giving us your yoke, which is easy, and giving us your supernatural burdens, which are light. But right now we ask that as you are speaking to the mind of Sabrina. Hallelujah, you are allowing a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit to blow even through her in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now that you will allow for her mind to be focused on things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report, things that are worthy of praise. I thank you that even right now you are giving her the mind of Christ through the helmet of salvation as she makes the decision to put on the armor of God, as she makes the decision to focus on things above and not things beneath, as she makes the decision to walk by faith and not by sight, for we know that without faith, it is impossible to please you. So right now we speak, hallelujah, that we will have faith. We speak that we will have the mind of Christ. We speak that we shall ascend into new realms of power and authority, that we shall access new dimensions of divine revelation because of the inheritance that we have as being sons 
of God. Right now, we thank you for your love, for we know your love never fails. We thank you, hallelujah, that you not only hear our cries, but the Holy Spirit will intercede for us with moanings and groanings too deep for words. So as we cry out to you and we ask for peace to be released in our land, we ask for peace to be released in Israel. We also ask for there to be a forgiveness of any sin, known or unknown, so that these prayers be not hindered, that you would have mercy upon us, O oh God, according to your loving kindness and according to the multitudes of your tender mercies, for we know that it is only against you that we may have sinned and the evil in thy sight. So we know because you are blameless when you speak and you are just when you judge, we come before you, for you are the righteous judge, and we agree with anything that the enemy might try to say that we have have done, and we ask that Jesus would stand, hallelujah, and property of these things, and he would wash every single accusation of the enemy with the blood, for the blood cries out forgiveness on our behalf, and let that blood make us whiter than snow, let that blood make us clean, because you said, who can ascend upon your holy field, only he who has clean hands and a pure heart, so we thank you for even the purification process that comes by the blood in our hearts, for the purification process that washes us, that you said, hallelujah, that you would make a right spirit within us and you would not cast away your spirit from us hallelujah but instead you would allow say, the holy spirit to continue to guide us to continue to teach us to continue to comfort us and to continue to lead us so that we would have a fragrance that is ascended by our lives, a Christ-like fragrance that would be smelt by those that come around us, that we would even allow for the prayers that we speak to be presented before your throne in golden bowls of incense with a sweet-smelling aroma. So right now, we ask, hallelujah, that as we continue to, um, to, to come before you and take our phones off of mute, we would do so already having a shout of praise and a shout of victory, that we wouldn't do it from a spirit of defeat, but we would do so knowing that we already have the victory even now. So as we take our phones off of mute, knowing oh oh that you are the one, of the God, that you make everything work together, you are all things to work for those who love you and are proud of you. So right now, we break any evil and inappropriate Thank you that everything that is misaligned, you will come to a command to come into the line of alignment. I ask right now that you allow us to not look back at the old ways, old methodologies, or old strategies. So we would not backslide, but we would continue to possess the kingdom paradigm, which grants us a new way of thinking, a new way of working, a new way of living. So we speak that as old things pass away, you are doing something new. So we speak in this last quarter of the year, we will have new cycles of victory. We will have new cycles of success. We will have new cycles of prosperity. So we will have a new fresh cutting edge kingdom mentality. Because at your word we speak that we are kingdom trailblazers. So we will pioneer new territories. And as we go from glory to glory and from strength to strength, we know it's not by our might, by our power, 
God and his fire for hearing to let your word be made, be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let the words out of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, for you are our strength and you are our redeemer. So because you redeemed those, hallelujah, that were received as adoption of sons, we thank you for your redemptive power. We thank you for filling us with the spirit, hallelujah, as a mark of our inheritance of being sons of God. We thank you right now that you have allowed, hallelujah, that because we are sons, that we can have all the spirit of blessings that are stored up in heaven spaces. I thank you right now. For the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and add no sorrow. We thank you for your blessing that shall add no sorrow to today. We ask that you would give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding on how to do things according to the plan and purpose that you have for our lives today. And as we decide, hallelujah, to be obedient unto you, as we decide, hallelujah, by the unction of the Holy Spirit to push back our plates today. We do so knowing that it is your word that will feed us. It is your word that will nurture us. It is your word, hallelujah, that will sustain us as we make the decision to push back our faith. So right now we thank you, Father. We thank you for hearing our prayers as you always hear them. And we have the confidence in this, knowing that if we ask anything according to your will, that not only did you hear it, but we possess that which we already asked of you. So we thank you for sustaining us today as we push back our plates. We thank you for giving um, blessings to Barbara and adding Osara to her day. We thank you for Sabrina having a praise report concerning her mind. And we thank you for healing for all of those on the call who may not be feeling well this morning, but need to know you this moment and even in this minute as Jehovah Rapha. We thank you that they shall know you as the healer as they feel, hallelujah, your miracle and your healing anointing covering them right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet and every organ shall function properly as you ordained it to do as you miss them in their mother's womb because you decreed and declared they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you said in Numbers 14, 28, hallelujah. They come up, that you will do the very things that you heard us say. So because all we have to do is ask and it shall be given. Seek and we shall find knock and the door be opened. We thank you that it is already done and that it is so. Thank you for using Dion as the pen of a ready writer and you being that author, that every single word that she speaks is covered with the anointing that breaks any diabolical assignment of the enemy to cause confusion in the minds of the listeners of all of those on the call or those that will hear it on the playback but they will get a revelation by her declaration hallelujah of who they are as sons of god that there will be a dismantling of any poverty mindset of any slave mentality of any disrespect or disregard and the fear of the Lord because they only look to you as a friend or as someone that they need in times of trouble. I thank you, hallelujah, that there will be a great repentance on the call because of the words that you have declared and decreed. She should say today concerning not having the right posture, even as it concerns and relates to you. So we say, Holy Spirit, have your way today and let your will be done in our lives. It's in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And God, we bless your name. Well, good morning. God morning. Great morning. And happy Wednesday, family. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall absolutely rejoice and be glad in it. I'm thankful for another Wait While You Wait Wednesday, a day that we have set aside for fasting and for serving, uh, for more than anything, uh, pushing back our plates that we might have a deeper revelation and or understanding of this God we call Abba, we call Adonai, we call Elohim God, the God of our salvation, El Shaddai God, hallelujah, Jehovah Shalom, uh, man, El Roy God, Yahweh God, Jehovah Rapha God, Jehovah Nisi God, I thank God for um, him being an everlasting God from everlasting to everlasting. He is unfailing and a continuum. And I'm just grateful that I can call him father this morning. Grateful I can call him daddy. Grateful I can call him papa and be um, in posture to receive the love that's extended from that expression of our unfailing God. Amen. Thank you, Christina, for walking us into prayer this morning. Um, and and just so that you prepare your heart and mind, when I finish uh, sharing today, before we go into the second greeting, uh, when we get ready to walk into love, life, and victory, I would that all that are on the line would be prepared to just lift us found this morning. I have a feeling just down on the inside of myself that some of the things that are transpiring in the hearts and minds of people this morning, uh, I believe that God is going to shake something. Uh, it's, it's been an unusual time these last several days, and I want to maximize that moment. But right before we do that, I am uh, going to share this morning um, and I'm going to share a couple of really quick little stories right before I go into my share because I need us to understand that nothing about your life is coincidental, nothing is accidental, nothing is by happenstance, but all things are by divine design. We are a body second, a spirit first. We are operating from a human perspective with a spiritual connotation. Uh, before I go into that, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has already reserved their seat for January 13th. I am beyond excited. People are buying their plane tickets to fly in. I cannot wait to touch you, to hug you, uh, to, to just experience. Uh, that level of love in the same room. I am ecstatic, grateful to God uh, that I have been blessed with such a great crowd of witnesses and so look forward to the time that we are going to have that afternoon. I believe that it is going to be life-altering. And I'm only saying that because we have the ability to create an atmosphere that's supercharged with the presence 
of the Holy Spirit, but with the presence of each and every individual that shows up here day after day. Um, and for those of you that have done so year after year, we've seen so many things happen, so many people come and go, be blessed, so many things be birthed. And so it's going to be a great time of celebration. Uh, don't forget, you can go to the regular website, declarevictory.org. You can go to dbsharif.com. Uh, you can Google it. <laughs> um, I'm not doing it event right way because it is not super public. It is really just um, a time for family, almost like a family reunion. So uh, we can look at it like that. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll see you guys again. The other day, uh, I made a, a post, really simple. And it, it simply said, uh, most times we don't need a miracle. Uh, we really just need discipline, structure, strategy, uh, an effective system. Uh, to get life done, uh, people, right? And uh, one of the responses was through a share from somebody that I, I did not know. Her statement, we're still talking about friendship. Her statement was, no, I need a miracle. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, you guys know me. I, I have a pretty peculiar assignment. I take it uh, not lightly at all. I do what I am provoked to do, what I'm unctioned to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, I reached out to uh, this young lady and asked, what, what would your miracle consist of? Well, she began to share with me uh, that she was disabled and uh, facing being homeless and, you know, all these different, different things, all these different affects of being out of alignment with the father, being out of place, out of position. And, you know, the, the reality is most times we don't know for sure that we are out of place, out of alignment or out of position until Someone brings it to our attention. If, if I just be 100% honest, I remember before I ever uh, found my true footing in my faith, uh, I didn't. I didn't realize I was out of touch, out of place, out of alignment. So as we begin to uh, converse, she shared with me some very personal things. Um, that had to do with her family and her bloodline and her and her siblings. And she went through this whole sharing of what all was going bad in her life. And I listened very intently. Her name is Angie. I only shared her name because I have permission to share it. Uh, you'll see a live a little bit later on today because I recognize that we are hands and feet of heaven. We are responsible for the charge of extending the love of God when we have the ability to do so. Long story short, she began to share with me that she's been mad at God mad at God because her father molested her the majority of her adolescent life until she got to the age she was able to uh, say no more. And then she then 
repeated the cycle and married a man that molested her own children, his own children, uh, to the degree that um, there is some uh, residue, of course, in not just her life, but the life of her children. And so she shared with me this story. And by the time it was all said and done, um, after I asked several questions, because you guys know I'm a little intrusive, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know the origin of things, not for anything other than how can we get a solution to you? If you said you need a miracle, I need to know the basis of your miracle. And so um, complete stranger, different ethnic persuasion, who cares? Still a sibling of mine and a son or a daughter of God. And so we finished the conversation with Romans 9, 10 and 9 and walking through uh, the prayer of repentance and salvation. And she accepted Christ uh, right then. One of the questions that she asked, she said, I, I wonder why my father chose me out of all of my siblings. Well, the title of my share today, uh, same house, same parents different outcome, same house, same parents, different outcome. And we're still just talking about sonship. So as I begin to ponder what to share uh, with us this morning, um, what, what came to my heart was the story of Esau and Jacob. Uh, we hear so frequently about our forefathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. We hear uh, that we are from the divine bloodline and because we had the Abrahamic covenant that there are certain things that we have access to. There are legalities that we are exposed to as a result of this uh, uh, definitive process that the heavens had already established from eternity, that there are things that are betrothed to us simply by being born uh, under this new grace, under this uh, uh, dispensation of Jesus and the bloodline that gives us access to that same Abrahamic covenant, the one that uh, pretty much dismantled but does not put to complete rest the uh, Mosaic Law, which was established in the early years of Christendom. And as I, I sought the Father for um, how to present this, and, and I'm sure that there are people on the line that will be able to relate to familial scenarios that um, sometimes were not favorable for you, same parents, uh, same household, same rearing. As I look at my own children, each of them uh, God gave me at different times and seasons of my life, and I see the evidence of um, my ignorance. I see the evidence of my brokenness. I can see the evidence of um, my struggles, but I also see the evidence and or the outcomes of when my life began to align with the truth of God's word. There are certain things that um, 
my children were never allowed to do uh, to avoid things like molestation uh, in my mind. Anyway, you know, we always think we're protecting folks when in reality, they're never ours to protect. The only thing that actually protects them is a time and chance and our prayers consistently. Right. Life happens for each of us. We all have uh, a responsibility to go through our process, whatever that looks like. Right. Some of us uh, have experienced amazing parenting. Others of us, maybe not that much. Some of us have great relationships with our parents. Uh, some others of us, maybe not so much. And if we'd all be honest, if we'd all keep it 100, I used to tell my children this all the time, honey, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to think about something I did or didn't do, and you're going to be mad at me randomly. And I need you to know that that's okay, right? I need you to know that, that that's perfectly fine because the truth is you didn't come with a handbook. Like I didn't get a, a, an instruction manual other than this Bible. And by the time I got to it, Honey, I, I didn't know me had <laughs> done my very best with raising you, um, considering I have a history. My mother has a history. My grandmother had a history. Her mother had a history. And I think as as you live and you grow and you become, what you understand is people are a culmination of their experience. Experiences. They are a reflection of their resources or lack thereof. People only become what they have the capacity to withhold, the capacity to extend or exude. It really just depends on what your desire to be, what God says you are, without the interference or the influence of outside sources. If we just be uh, real right here, that's just not always at the forefront of your mind, child. That's not just always the, the first thought, right? If, if we just be transparent about parenting and what our experiences and exposures have been, some of us uh, were sucky parents. Some of us uh, did not do the necessary things per se to prepare for our children's future. Some of us uh, may have done too much. Some of us may have been exposed to things historically um, that ended in maybe us overextending ourselves as parents or positioning our children to think that the whole world revolves around them or uh, giving them a false hope that everybody's going to like and love them and treat them fairly and justly. Uh, and then they get outside into the world and they fold under the pressure of disappointment and or frustration, if we'd all be honest. Right? And as I, I thought about uh, Esau and Jacob, and I thought about the differences in both of them. They had different makeups. They were uh, from the same womb, born technically at the same time, but from the beginning, it was already established that they would have turmoil, that they would have conflict, that they would live a life that was um one intrusive to the other, they were born into uh, a bit of a competitive posture. 
right? There was a thing that was in the spirit already established uh, that caused them to contend one with the other. Same mother, same father, same household, same upbringing, different postures, uh, different processes, different experience, different exposure. Right. If you begin to, uh, I am the eldest of three children. There is 11 years between myself and my brother. There's 18 years between myself and my sister. My sister is young enough that I could have mothered her. Uh, my brother, uh, in my mind, was my first child. He was my first responsibility. And if you knew anything about our relationship in my mind, uh, because of some of the scenarios that were transpiring in our home while we were children, I took the onus of parenting him and I wasn't a parent and I didn't know what to do. Uh, but I was very protective of him. I was very uh, involved in his life. He wouldn't call my mother. He would call me. Uh, my mother wouldn't go to parent-teacher conferences all the time. I would go the majority of the time, and surely if he got in trouble, he would call me. My little sister, who was only two years older than my eldest son, uh, was like a permanent fixture in my house. Now, still, I'm parenting, uh, didn't necessarily have the greatest parenting skills considering I lived from pillar to post, right? But everything that I could do to make sure they had the nice things, make sure they did uh, fun things and things of that nature, um, I knew there were certain things that, that just went innately with who I was. But if we just be honest, <laughs> Right? A lot of times we didn't have all the necessary tools. I was a workaholic. I spent more time at work than I did parenting I, 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 because I knew I needed to provide. Right? When we lived from that that uh, survival place, that struggle place, that I got to get ahead place, those things play a major role. Um, and, and prayerfully, you'll use this particular piece of information. And we're still talking about sonship. I promise I'll tie it all in. But there were things that if I had known then what I know now would have been extremely different. Right, what it does is it causes you to extend a different form or type of grace, not just to your parents, but also to your children. Right, we grew up in culture and time, and I promise I'll give you word. We're going to be uh, coming from Genesis, the 27th chapter. I promise I won't leave you without structured word, but I, I need you to hear this to put things in context because there are certain things that we have to course correct as we live when it comes to sonship and the onus of the liberality that we get access to based on the Abrahamic covenant, right? There's a different level of grace that we can extend when we understand that it, people don't just become who they are overnight. There's a process. There are things that have taken place. There are things that come into play as we grow and we become. Some of us are frustrated with our parents because they didn't do X, Y, and Z. Some of us right now won't extend the level of grace to our own children that we should have had. Some of us 
uh, have now spoiled our grandchildren to such a degree because you know you blew it as a parent. Come on, let's just keep it 100, right? There are certain things that come into play when it comes to being a parent. There are some of us that are estranged from our own children because we did not parent effectively, because our parents didn't parent effectively, because their parents didn't parent effectively, and so on, and so on, and so on. But still, we say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We still say uh, our forefathers, right, the God of Abraham. Right? We we still say all those different things, right? But what I want us to do um, is do one of those self-checks, one of those reflective moments where you kind of revisit uh, the sins of your forefathers, where you kind of uh, examine the history of your bloodline and the parenting that was or was not there, the things that did or did not happen, the things that uh, have established who you are in the natural and in the spirit, it is so important that we understand that there are some things that were established from the foundation of the earth that you still have not accepted as true, which keeps you from walking in true identity because we are uh, living from the patterns of this world, the patterns of our parents' past and their brokenness. But uh, can I tell you a little secret? There's a father greater than your natural father that already established some things about who you are in the natural and in the spirit that all you have to do is relinquish the history to walk into your destiny. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Listen, Jacob was at birth called a trickster. There were some things that uh, his name just meant. It did not establish that even right now, even to this day, we still say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I I thought about Jacob and Esau and the battle that they had in the womb of their mother that turned into the battle that they had uh, contending as siblings. It turned into the conversations uh, in the shadows. It turned into Rebecca eavesdropping on her husband's conversation because she favored Jacob more than Esau, and the father favored Esau more than Jacob, and uh, there was a legal system in place. Again, all this established before the foundations of the earth, but it did not mean that they didn't have to play out their earthly positioning, their earthly posture. It didn't mean that they didn't have to have the human experience, but nothing negated what was established from eternity. Put a pin in that real quick. Yesterday, uh, I had an experience having a conversation with a young lady and uh, was provoked to ask a question. And again, I'm I'm an interrogator. I'm an antagonist. Uh, when it comes to um, not living where God declares that we should live, promise I'll make this make sense. And right after this, I'm going to go into the word. But having this conversation 
with this young lady and I began to ask questions about her family. I began to ask questions about her child. I began to ask questions about her child's family. And, and as I'm listening, I'm thinking to myself, look how the enemy plays us by the patterns of the world. Look how the enemy entices us and entreats us and tricks us out of what eternity has already guaranteed, our glory, has already guaranteed and we get dismayed and dismantled. We get thrown off course because we can't get out of the human perspective when in reality we are a spirit that occupies a body. That's it. And the more we become like our father, the more we hear him, we, the more we understand him. And uh, I didn't necessarily want to have this experience or even go to this particular appointment, but I kept feeling God pull me and pull me and pull me. And several weeks before this, he had given me a thought. I didn't know what the thought was at the time. I'm talking about eternity. I'm talking about a father greater than your biological one. And so this this uh, particular appointment was coming up, and I was like, eh, I don't really feel like doing that. Eh, let me call and cancel. Eh, I don't necessarily want to go. But when I get to the appointment, I feel the presence, the weight of the Holy Spirit that had nothing to do with the appointment in and of itself. I can't tell you all the details because I don't want to tell uh, the child's business, but I'm sitting there and I asked this question. I was like, hey, um, how long have you been struggling with addiction? And immediately the response was, oh, I'm, I'm not addicted. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you know me, I immediately went silent and I just let it sit. And I began to speak in my language without moving my mouth or mutter, if you want to call it that, right? We're talking about living from eternity <laughs> into humanity so that we can be the experience and the exposure to destiny that we are called to as children of the Most High God. I'm still going to talk about Esau and Jacob in just a moment. And so I'm sitting there, and eventually this person stops what they're doing, and they come and they walk around to me um, and bust out in full-blown tears. I'm struggling with addiction, and I don't know how to stop. And I've never told anybody, ah, okay, got it, got it wasn't about the appointment. This was about your destiny. And, and, and if I was caught up in my uh, my natural, I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going over there. That's a, this, that, and the third. That particular appointment would not have taken place. But I understand that there's, ah, glory, something that was said before we ever got here, something that happened in the spirit world that lets us know that every single day our steps are ordered by our heavenly father. Even though he used an earthly father to get a natural vessel into the world, there's so much more. It doesn't matter who favored you or who didn't. It doesn't matter who you uh, were named after or why you were named what you were named. There is a greater destiny for you as a son. That is a legal process. So before I leave, we go through a brief deliverance service, and we have a whole conversation. And I didn't just get to pray for them. I got to pray for their child. And uh, that in and of itself, that that child will be the curse breaker, the bloodline uh, uh, breaker in the family. 
right? We're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff here. Let's go to the word of God. I promise. Let me, let me make this make sense to you. Um, Genesis, the 27th chapter. Uh, I want to take off running, y'all. I'm trying to be cool. I'm so sick of pacing, but I can't go outside because it's a little cold out there. All right, let's go to Genesis. Let's let's start at uh, 27 and 1 real quick. I'm going to skip around because I want to put it all together for you. When Isaac had become an old man and was nearly blind, he called to his eldest son Esau and said, my son. And his response, yes, father, I'm an old man. He said, I might die any day now. Do me a favor. Get your quiver of arrows and your bow and go out to the country and hunt me some game. I'm hungry. Right? And then fix me a hearty meal, the kind that you know that I like, and bring it to me so that I can eat and give you my personal blessing before I die. Let me pause right there for just a second. Even though his natural father uh, had a blessing that he wanted to bestow on him, and by birth order, it was the natural legal writ for that to take place. That was uh, already established according to the traditions and the customs, the laws that were put in place um, just by legal birthright. But then in in five, it says, and Rebecca was eavesdropping. Isaac spoke to his son Esau. Uh, and soon as Esau had gone off to the country to hunt game for his father, Rebecca spoke to her son, Jacob. Now, here you see uh, the favor of each parent actively in work, right, actively engaged. And I just overheard your father talking with your brother Esau. And he said, bring me some game and fix me a hearty meal so that I can eat. And, and I want to bless you with God's blessing. Listen to this. I want to bless you with God's blessing before I die. I believe God's blessing is his own and he gives it to whom he chooses. And so uh, I'm going to skip down to verse 11 and it says, but mother, Jacob said, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I have smooth skin. What happens if my father decides to touch me? He'll think I'm playing games with him and I'll uh, bring a curse on my uh, way. Uh, he'll think I'm playing games with him. I'll bring down a curse on myself instead of a blessing. And his mama said, with her ghetto self, if it comes to that, I'll take the curse on myself. Now, just do what I said. Go and get me a goat. So they went through with uh, the favoritism. They went through with the trickery. They went through with the foolishness of robbing Esau uh, This at this point for the second time of the blessing. Let's skip down to 19. And Jacob answered his father, I'm your firstborn son, Esau. I did what you told me. Come now, sit up and eat my game so you can give me my personal blessing. I'm your son, Esau. Now, this is Jacob talking to his dad, right? And Isaac, come close so I can touch you. Are you really my son, Esau? Now, his daddy knew something was off. He knew something was wrong. You sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. You you smell like Esau, but something about this is not right. His discernment uh, was present, but not. But listen to this. There is something that's already happened in eternity that overrides even this natural experience from the heavenly father that his earthly father could not produce. Right? And so then all of a sudden, 
uh, here comes Esau. Esau in the house. Hey, Pop, I got your dinner. I got your food. Here's everything. Wait, 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 wait. I just blessed you for feeding me earlier. And then it came to his father. Child, my whole son has played me. I say this all the time. You got to be careful in how you treat, speak about, deal with other people's kids because you don't know who yours is becoming. But this is the best news ever, y'all. It doesn't matter uh, if you didn't do the best job, right? Some of us uh, are right now, this second, are dealing with the guilt and or the shame of what you did or did not do concerning your child. Can I tell you a little secret? The Bible does not say your forefathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Esau was physically born first, was legally entitled to the birthright, but because his father extended the blessing, and I'm not talking about his biological father, Jacob was assigned from the womb to be who he is, to be the bloodline that we come from, the bloodline that covers the Abrahamic covenant. He was already predestined for that place. Is there a possibility that there are some things that you were predestined for from the foundation of the earth and you keep counting yourself out because mama didn't do what she was supposed to do or perhaps she played you or daddy was not present? Do you understand that there are things as a son that are already happening in the heavens that the only thing you'll ever have to do is get in line with the truth of the word of God, we will never say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau because that was not what was predestined. We will never, ever experience. And even though Isaac, as a parent, made a mistake in judgment because of the uh, overhearing of Rebecca and the uh, the trickery of Jacob and Rebecca collaboratively to hoodwink Isaac out of the blessing, that can never be reversed. It can never be reordered. And the truth is, it was what it is before it ever was. Eternity had spoken before Jacob walked into the promise, before Isaac opened his mouth and spoke the promise. Do you know that some things happened because they were already established? Right, it doesn't mean that every experience is wonderful and everything's always hunky dory and things go the way you planned them to. There is something that is already written. And when you are in the will of God, when you operate from the truth of the promises of God, it is impossible to fail. It just doesn't happen. I know that's hard for a lot of us to understand, but my yesterday experience, um, after having a thought several weeks ago and watching it play out every single moment of time, uh, so many things around me just with my yes to what it is that God has already promised me doesn't have anything to do with how perfect I am. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, the white lies that I've told in times past the folks that I hoodwinked and tricked when I was a manipulator because I felt like I had to survive. Right When you come out of survival mode, when you move out of the place of trying to figure it all out yourself, even with all of your errors and all of your missteps and mistakes, you've got to know that there is an eternity. Ah, the blood speaks 
a better word. There is a, 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 a fountain that is filled with blood that came to cover, that came to absolve us of all of that. There was a price paid on Calvary's hill. Glory to God that exchanged what you had in mind, what your parents had in mind, what you thought was established because you have a father. You have a, you are a son. There's a posture that we assume as children of God because of the cross. There's a posture that we assume because he was beat with a cat of nine tails. Hallelujah. There's a posture that we assume because he wore a crown of thorns on his head. There's a posture that we assume because he was pierced in his side. There's a posture that we assume because they hung him on a cross. He was beaten to bloody unrecognition because eternity and the blood speaks a better word. Hallelujah. I thank God that it doesn't matter that my biological father was never in the pitch. I don't have nothing to refer to. I don't have a snapshot. Ain't a Polaroid nowhere. Right? I don't have a picture of what that looks like. I don't know if I have siblings or nieces. I don't know if there are genetic things in my body. But let me tell you what I do know. Hallelujah. That there's a tomb that's empty. There's a tomb that's empty because I have a father. I have an El Shaddai God. I have an Adonai God. I have a God that already had a plan for Dion Sharice Jackson. He already had an agenda. And today I can say I'm a son. I understand that there are legalities. I understand that there are formalities. I understand even that there's favoritism in parenting, that sometimes our parents don't give us the necessary tools that we have to win in this natural world. But let me tell you what I know that's even greater. Because after those three days that he stayed there all night long, hallelujah, all night Friday, all day Saturday, all day, I thank God for Calvary's cross. I thank God that because he stayed there, I thank God because he laid in a borrowed tomb, glory to God. I thank God that because his blood never runs, I don't have to kill another fatty calf. I don't have to find two turtle doves. I, I don't have to kill a golden. I, I don't have to uh, beat the altar because that blood dried up, but the blood that never runs dry reordered some things in my bloodline. Hallelujah. It reestablished some things in my heart. It reestablished some things in my physical life. It reestablished some things in everything that I'm assigned to do. It interrupts my day. Hallelujah. It interrupts my thought process and my idea of what I have in mind. Some things just kind of come to pass. Hallelujah. I thank God for the yes to being in the place of sonship to the degree that I don't care what my mom didn't do. She gave me the best that she could. I don't care how many times my kids might blow at their mind. I love them, but I understand that there's a greater working down on the inside because they're mine. Hallelujah. So that being said, listen, I, I'm, I'm right at my time. I pray that something that I said, I, I didn't know how this was going to go this morning, but hallelujah, 
God, I thank you that even this moment was written in eternity, even this second, even these uh, a few comments were written in eternity. And before we go into our second greeting, uh, Shell, I'm going to ask you to take everyone off mute. Hallelujah. And I want to pray for you this morning that you would just receive the reordering of blood. That because the blood speaks a better word over your life and over your destiny, I don't care what you've done. That's why he throws things into the sea of forgetfulness. I don't care who your mama was. I don't care who your daddy was. I don't care how many mistakes you made. You have a father. And I just want us to say, God, this morning we receive your love. We receive your parenting. We receive the truth of eternity that speaks a better word than our history, than the failures of our forefathers. And can we just all open our mouths and begin to say, God, I thank you for the report. I'm <laughs> 
together for our good, that all we ever have to do is get up, put one foot in front of the other, and give you a fresh yes daily. And so, God, we give you a fresh yes. You have permission to interrupt our day. You have permission to interrupt our thought process. You have permission to intrude and impede upon our bloodline, that it would regulate to what eternity cries from the heavens that has always been in the spirit. God, we reach up and we bring heaven to earth through our lives. God, thank you that some of our lives are being reordered and restructured, that we would understand that we have a right, a legal right to operate in dominion and authority in the earth. You told us to occupy. That means to do business until you come. And so, God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they are operating from a place of a fresh yes this morning that recognize that the blood speaks a better word, a greater word, a more promising word than even our history. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we'll demonstrate more grace because of the grace you extended to us by adopting us into this family. God, help us to make that manifested idea 
our reality that we understand we've been adopted out of what we were born into in an effort to accomplish everything that you sent us in the earth to do. Let us all die empty because we cooperated with eternity. Let us learn kingdom principles and kingdom standards and kingdom ideas and concepts that we would live a full and rich life where you promised us our joy would be made complete in you. God, without the accoutrements, thank you for the additions. Thank you for the houses and the cars and the resources to extend out to others. But more importantly, we thank you that eternity speaks a greater word. We thank you that we don't have to hold our parents hostage and prayerfully our children won't hold us hostage for all the mistakes that we made, all the intrusions that we placed on them. God, and I thank you this morning for restoration. I thank you for reformation. I thank you for transformation. But more importantly, I thank you that you said in all of our getting to get an understanding, your people perish for lack of knowledge. God, every second of ignorance that we've operated in, God, we repent for being ignorant of our legal right as sons. And we thank you in advance for the capacity to receive your love on such a scale that we live our faith out loud to the degree of transforming lives of everyone that we come in contact with because we recognize we have a father. We are not orphans. We are not abandoned. We are not cast down. <laughs> thank God we may have been through some things, but you use damaged goods so well, and we love you, Jesus. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here's our opportunity, y'all. Uh, for those that may have joined the call a little bit late, you didn't have an opportunity to say good morning. Uh, let's do it. Good morning to our men first. Men, men, men first. Any men that want to say good morning? All right. If they look, if they're unavailable, that's fine. Um, yes, ma'am. It was straight thunder, but I knew it would be. He had told me that when we were in our first uh, little halfway corporate prayer, where did nobody really want to pray? We was just going through the motions. Amen. Um, all right. Anybody that may have joined the call a little bit late, you did not have an opportunity to say good morning. Anybody? Good morning, Dion. Awesome song. Good morning. <laughs> Amen. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I heard a whole bunch of good mornings. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Dion Sonia. Hey, good morning, birthday girl. Good morning, Dion. It's Jubilant. Hey, Ju. Good morning. Good morning. It's joyful. Good morning, Joyful. Good morning. This is Prosperous Pam. That was thunder and lightning. Amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's Pamela. Hey, Pamela. Good morning. Hey, anybody else? Good morning. It's glorious. Morning, Dion. Thanks. Good morning. Absolutely. 
great morning. It's Brianna. Hey, great morning, Bree. Good morning, it's Kenya. Hey, Kenya girl, good morning. Anybody else? Hey, Amen. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and walk into love, life, and victory. It's 713. Anybody have any questions, comments, commentary? I think I'm a little crazy. Um, no, <laughs> hey. this was so good. It was so good. Um, um, this is prosperous. You said... Hi. You said a lot of things. One of the things that you said that jumps out at me right now is um, about, in other words, releasing your parents from what they didn't do, what they didn't know. I think that is so, it was a a wonderful reminder. It takes your power back um, Mm -hmm. and gives it, you know, to the Lord. And I just, amazing, just great, great share. Amen. Amen. Honey, let them be. Let them go on about their business. They ain't mean no harm. I know for sure I didn't, and I know I didn't do everything right. I did my best, though. I meant to. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Good morning. Hey, this is wonderful. Hey, Great wonderful. I heard, I heard one more person. Hold on one second. Wonderful. Who else was that just so we haven't worked? Yeah. It was me, Kenya. I can wait. It was you, Kenya, and then there's one more person. Who else was that? Shea. Oh, hey, Shell. Okay, go go ahead. Um, wonderful, Kenya, and then Shell. Good morning, Declare Victory. Um, Beyond Great Shell. Um, for a long time, I blamed my mom for all the mistakes of my life, and my mm-hmm. and my dad. My dad wasn't present in my early childhood, but I blamed my mom when I became an adult and life started failing. <laughs> it was like if she would have, if we would have lived a different place, if she would have, you know, whatever, whatever. And it was mm-hmm. only until um, I raised my own children and had grandchildren mm-hmm. that I was able to see that my mom did the best that she could and that mm-hmm. I did the best that I could. Because I mm-hmm. failed in areas as a parent and, you know, beat myself up for a long time. I, I don't know where I thought the notion that you're supposed to have perfect children and you're supposed to be a perfect right. parent. I guess I watched too much uh, Brady Bunch and listen, listen to Beaver, my father or something. Listen. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, you know, my children are not, don't meet my expectations. Um all the mm-hmm. time or or they're not the ideal children of what I thought they were going to be but neither was I and so mm-hmm. it's just now where I struggle sometimes with the guilt and the shame of what I didn't do right but for the most part because I'm embarking upon a new journey I'm learning how to forgive myself and and yeah. you know tell myself that I did the best that I could because you know if you you know, my sister is on this call um, and a part of the ministry. And if, you, if you give her testimony and give mine, you would think we grew up in two different houses, but we grew mm-hmm. up in the same house. So it's just um, good to 
get refreshed over and hear, get some new light into what I was already thinking or how I was already feeling. And I know that it's a God shot. I know it's a God thing that when I hear someone on the call or hear someone's testimony and it relates to what I'm thinking or what I've just experienced. So I just appreciate you and um, your insight. That's all I got. Yeah. That's that's a plenty. You you said a mouthful, and I think um, most of us can attest to that being the truth. I, I remember the day, um, right before Kenya goes, I remember the day my mom showed up at my door. And for the first time, I saw her as a little girl. I saw her, I saw her brokenness. I saw her, um, and it was it was after you know just and now mind you, I'm a full, fully, fully grown. We've had several of those moments, but this moment was different. And it was that day I felt a level of empathy for her. My mother was the last of five children, the only one with a different father than all of her siblings. So everybody was very mean to her. Um, she was very pretty very talented, very well-spoken and elegant. Like there were so many wonderful things about her, but there was not a level of approval from her home. And so in essence, she was not loved well. She could only give me what she had. She didn't mean not to have it, right? It wasn't her fault that she didn't have it. She just didn't. She didn't have it, right? And so after a while, you stop asking people for what they don't have. And you give them permission to be free, right, to live their life the only way that they know how. And, you know, it it takes a mature understanding to give people grace and even to give yourself grace because you love from that place of brokenness where the people that were intended to be authority figures in your life, they just didn't have it. And after a while, you want to be free. So you allow yourself to be free, right? Amen. Go ahead, Kenya. Thank you for that, Wanda. Okay, good morning. It's been almost three years since mom passed, and it was actually on this call, I want to say maybe about four or five, wow, four or five years ago that Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact moment, but somebody said your parents loved you the best way they could. And you brought it up again. They had a history. Mm-hmm. And everything that she went through in her history, you only love pretty much the way you've shown, you've been shown to love. Right now, I'm trying to work on, like you just said, giving myself that same grace. We are not perfect. And it's, of course, I've broken a lot of things that, you know, a lot of the generational curses that I feel like have been put on. But it's still hard when you said before, you try to protect your children now from the things that you've gone through when it's really not my job to protect them. It's my job to pray for them and let God protect mm-hmm. them. So I'm working on that part of it, and I'm just I'm just thankful for this call still that I can be here after. Dang, I just realized it's been six years. Goodness gracious. Okay, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. We're glad to have you, babe. It's dope. it's dope to watch people grow and come into the knowledge of the truth that has nothing to do with church. <laughs> I love church. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I personally would rather not live without it, so I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm very, very grateful that I understand that there are some things we have access to that all we have to do is walk in. 
um, and it becomes our truth. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Shell. I'm with you. I can't do without it either. Oh, my God. Um, and definitely we can't live without his presence. But, D. Gray Share, as you begin to talk about um, Jacob and Esau, I just, I, I, I laughed at how Rebecca was just, <laughs> you know, she was just that. Hey, she I was petty. <laughs> right. And, but I like the fact that um, the Lord bring, always brings warning to us. And he told them that that those two would be, the two nations would be at war. And I, I, I love it because he keeps us informed. Even though a lot of times we don't see it or we don't hear it, he keeps us informed. And, and when we talk about, um, I could just think about uh, my cousin. We are two years apart. Our, her grandmother is my mom's sister. And we were all like, we were family. We did so much together. So it was like we, were, we weren't cousins. We were like sisters. And my brother was the oldest. So until, you know, in all our life, we did what we did. You know, my aunt did the best she could raising her granddaughter because the mom wasn't there. And I love my aunt. I, I couldn't under, I, I don't see her no, any other, no other way. But even as adults, um, the way she feels like I was treated better or my mom thought I was better. She didn't. She just cuddled me more. And I was more receptive to the cuddling rather than just doing what I wanted to do. My cousin didn't have any other way. The way, you know, her mom was living, that wasn't her fault. But she didn't take key to it wasn't her fault. And I don't look at her that way. So sometimes, like, you know, we have to give that grace to, um, you know, our family members that feel like they, they you know, it, it wasn't, they didn't get, they got the short end of the stick, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. and we just have to be able to be, it, it's a lot. We have to be the bigger person. We have to expound grace and extend grace and be able to receive the grace that God has given us for someone else. Because the way that some people were born and raised and raised up, they just feel like, you know, there was just, that's what they got. So I, I just love the fact that, um, I just love the fact that, um, you know, along the line, if you keep reading the story, that they became, that they came together and they, the forgiveness was there. And I'm looking for mm-hmm. that again, you know, mm-hmm. just with my cousin. She's not in a good place, but I don't hold anything against her because it, it's mm-hmm. not her fault. But I didn't come mm-hmm. into that notion until as we were older and I began to step Christ and accept the mm-hmm. ways of Christ. So, mm-hmm. you know, just ex- expound that grace because a lot of times, um, you know, they feel like they got the short end of the stick. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you just have to treat them with that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. love you, D. I thank you for, you know, this place is just amazing. You you cannot come here and dine every morning and not get something or release something. <laughs> Amen. God be praised. God be praised. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Good morning. Joyful. This is Kim. Go ahead, Joyful. Hallelujah. Good morning, Con Kim. Go ahead, because uh, my connection, I'll, I'll wait. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, beautiful? 
Um, just want to Good say morning. Thank you so much. Hi. Thank you so much for your um, declaration. God is a part of my life. Hallelujah. Go, go ahead, Kim. Okay. So, um, and thank you, Kale. Like, so much that you said resonated too, sis. And I just think I'm a product of that because a lot of you know, you know, where I come from. But I'm, I'm just thankful for God and his grace. When I sat here today, I know I've shared with you guys that I have four kids at 20. But when I say it hit me different today, and they're all grown now, thank God. There's five of them, but they're all grown. And I said, Kim, you were pregnant at 15. I mean, excuse me, you were pregnant at 14. You had the baby. You were pregnant at 15. You had the baby. You were pregnant at 18. You had the baby. You were pregnant at 19. You had the baby. And I look back and I say, goodness, that's so much for a baby to have all those babies. But I promise mm-hmm. you, at 11 years old, I was doing GTAs. I was doing robbery. By 13, I was pushing kilos of cocaine over the Mexican border. And it was because of the environment I came from and the fact that the world didn't protect me. But when I had that first experience of pregnancy at 14, I knew it was God. Even though I didn't know God, I knew that it was a purpose. And I said, this baby was given to me to change my life. And the sad part was I didn't realize how important it was to really make sure that I changed his life because I was such a baby. And he was my child Mm -hmm. that probably was stricken with the most pain and lack of structure because I was a baby when I had him. And so I have children that were raised in the same home like my my son that I had when I was 26 and my daughter that I had when I was 20. I've been with, you know, my husband for 25 years. So they got that two-parent home even though I was young. I had been in the trenches so long that by the time I had my baby at 20, turning 21, I was already mature. I was a medical assistant. You know, I got myself out the dirt, or should I say God got me out, even though I thought I was by myself. But I'm just thankful because when I look back, I feel like God had to put me through the crushing. He had to, to, to penetrate me in a different way because I was hard-headed and I was from the streets and I thought I knew everything and couldn't nobody tell me nothing. And I didn't even listen to God until that revelation that I shared with you guys. But being an unsound parent and not really having it all figured out, it does hurt. And I did feel like I lost my way and sometimes I felt like I lost my children. But when I just, just turned it all over to God and really trusted him wholeheartedly, I seen the manifestation of what God wanted to do with through me and with me and for my children the whole entire time. Like I don't have to be in fear of losing them to the streets anymore. I don't have to worry about my son getting killed at 18 in a level four prison. I don't have to worry about my son riding around with AK-47 with $100,000 in his pocket because he's from the hustle. I don't have to worry about my, my daughters that never became teen mothers. None of my children had children under age, despite what it looked like, like God has always been there keeping us and protecting us and building us for his kingdom. So I just thank you for this platform. I thank you for the opportunity to share my life. Because when you look at me, I don't look like where I came from. I know I'm a little dusty, mm-hmm. but I ain't dirty. You see what I'm saying? I came out the mud mm-hmm. shining. I am the light. I am the salt of the earth. So I just want to, you know, I just love testifying. I love sharing my experiences, not to boast because I'm not proud of any of it. I actually don't believe that it was actually me, to be honest, because I'm a whole different spirit. But what you guys do here on Declare Victory has my keeps me grounded. And it reminds me each and every day that I have to crucify my flesh and bear my cross. And I have fallen since I joined this line, you know, a couple years ago. But it's the strength that I feel when I mount up with you guys um, collectively. I feel the presence of God. You know, it just, it, it, it's, it's like that chastisement, you know, where he'll remind you and remind you. 
So I just want you guys to know that I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your share. And it just touched me in a different way today. Love you to pieces, and I appreciate Amen. everything. Amen. Love you back, babe. Thank you for sharing. We'll take it. I heard somebody else uh, that was starting to share when she began. Who was that? Joyful. Joyful. Oh, Joyful. That's right. Amen. Good morning, Joyful. Good morning. Can you all hear me okay? We can. Okay, perfect. Um, Good morning, everyone. Uh, I came in on the tail end as I'm navigating meetings in the morning, but when I can get on, it's always a pleasure. Um, But, Dion, I tell you, when I signed on, when I logged into the call this morning, as you were sharing, I heard you were talking about blood, and I immediately saw a glass vial and imagined, uh, like, they hand you when you're having blood drawn, blood work, right, so testing. And they're very careful to uh, ask you to verify the name on the label before they put it on the vial so that when it goes away, the tests that come back is connected to the right person. And as a result of some conversations I've had this past weekend, a lot of things happen in the medical field where stuff gets typed on the wrong chart and it's a, it's a whole mess. But it doesn't matter that my name is on the vial in this way. I do verify that, yep, that's my name. They, they very, so y'all be careful. Make sure you verify that. But Jesus because of his blood, when God sees us, thank you, Father, he sees us through the shed blood of Jesus. Oh, it was messy, mm-hmm. but it was necessary. And so mm-hmm. um, with that, Kim, that just said, I love that she said, I'm dusty, but I'm not dirty. And I just want to encourage mm-hmm. us uh, that Jesus, his feet were washed because at that time, I mean, dusty was a sign of movement. He was walking. The streets were dusty and his feet were dirty. And that's why Mary washed them. But so, so we ought to have some evidence of life on us that we've been moving around. Um, I, someone told me once that shepherds should smell like the sheep. So if you, whatever ministry or whatever work you call to, you ought to smell like what you've been around. And whatever we want to know about somebody like, oh, you lying to me saying you was at the mechanic shop because you smell like Victoria's Secret. You've been somewhere else. We smell like where we've been and what we've been doing. Mm -hmm, So we have some mm -hmm. sweat equity, some blood equity in this thing. And thank God, Jesus, he paid the price. And so, yeah, that's my name. But when they go, when it goes to that lab, it's going to be the results that I get because of him being in my life and the blood being applied to my life. Lastly, I want to say thank you to Declare Victory for the um, for the connection. I met with Gloria this weekend in Woodbridge, Virginia. So Yay. thank you, Cheryl, for making that connection. We have a picture <laughs> that we'll post. Um, but you all, let, let's be sure that we have, it was a pleasure to meet her. I'll say that and pause. And then lastly, that let's take what we hear in this space. There's somebody else that can't do the work that we're being inspired to do. Um, being made aware of that needs to be done, that we're close to. And so as in these moments where these messages, they absolutely resonate with us and we make changes, but there's somebody that without accountability, without someone saying to you, because Dion know how to look you in your face and challenge you, and not that others on the call don't, but there's a way that she does it. And in the same way you respond to what she says, I want us to tell somebody else about how we need to do this. Let them go. Let them go. Release them. Let them go. Because the truth is, someone said, I, you know, I did, thought I'd have perfect kids. The parents that we're judging, our kids, no matter what we give them, they're going to judge us. They look at us and they're disappointed. So it's not like we get to, oh, I'm going to be a better version of my mom or my daddy, knew them or don't. We all, no matter what, rich kids, 
kids, marginalized kids, it don't matter. We all have things about our parents that we wish were different. So let them go. Release them. Release them. The mm-hmm. grace is merited even before you need it. It's always appropriate. So thank you, Dion, mm-hmm. and thank you, Declare Victory. Uh, and Gloria, if you're on, good morning. It was a pleasure again to meet you. <laughs> good morning. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Gloria. Okay. Good morning. Thank you, Jacqueline. It was a pleasure to meet you, too. Dion, I thank God for the call this morning. One of the things that stood out to me as you were ministering what 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 Holy Spirit reminded me of, that even as I released my parents, as I released my aunt, as I released folks, it became easier for me to accept and embrace the release that my children have given me. Mm-hmm. Because all of my kids, my, my kids, I had my oldest at 16, and the other two I had while I was married. But they went through what they went through. We all went through what we went through. And now I'm going to be on of it and to, to be able to prayerfully be a, an impact for my grandchildren and to help my grandchildren to embrace their parents, regardless to whether they consider them to be right or wrong, but always trying to encourage them to understand that your parents are doing the best that they can. They love you. So don't ever mm-hmm. allow the enemy to make them think that they don't love you and that they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people don't love you well. They don't love you well because they weren't loved well. Like, and, and, and if you don't have the tools, how do you give somebody something you do not have? It's impossible to do. It is impossible, impossible, impossible to do. That is indicative of the book that, the workbook that Sabrina has written um, that'll be the topic of the discussion on the weekend of the 4th. If you are struggling to release your parents, there's a process, there's a method to this. Um, And it, it took me many years to get there. It took me many years to get to a place where I just no longer hold my mother hostage to history. It is what it is, man. It, it you know, we, we do what we do. Um, but I'm not going to live bound because of somebody else's brokenness. Right. That's, and that's just final. There's nothing else to say about that. Amen. Anybody else? Hey, Dion. Hey. I wasn't, I snuck away again <laughs> so I could say something real quick. Um, <laughs> um, it's interesting how you were talking, how we were talking about the blood of Jesus and how um, Jacqueline talked about your blood. And um, One of the things I just wanted to remind people is there is, if if you were in the realm of the spirit to look at your blood and examine it from the lens of a microscope, you would find that if there was any unhealed trauma that your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents went through, that was imprinted in your DNA. You will find that if there are any generational patterns of brokenness or sin that were not um, rectified from a prior generation um, through the shed blood of Jesus, you would find that there. And you would find these behavioral patterns that were unfortunately um, because of sin and because of brokenness, 
that were passed down. And there is a uh, a cycle that once you become made aware of it, you have to truly make the decision to do better and you have to make an effort, um, even from a reservoir of yourself that you didn't even know existed, um, to intentionally change the way that you think, change the way that you move, and change the way that you treat your children and others. Because if not, you will allow that deep unconscious imprint of your family that's left on you to re- to resonate um, as residue on the outside and, uh, and and control the way that you move, even if you say you don't want to move that way anymore. So um, mm-hmm. the benefit of, you know, people around us, those that disciple us, those that grow with us, that love us, and also, of course, the blood of Jesus and the intervention of God himself is that there is the opportunity to have more because that's what he created us for. So that's all. Amen. It's the truth. It is the truth. Amen. Anybody else? Thank you for that, Christina. It's, uh, Hi, stuff. beautiful. Else? Hold on one second, kindness. Who? Hold on one second. Who else was that? It's me, engine number nine. I just wanted to say this was so on point and so on time. And right now my head is just, it's, it's working. It's breaking some things right now. Uh huh. Thank you, Engine Number Nine. Amen. 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 Go ahead, Kim. Uh oh, you there? Hello. Uh huh. Go ahead. Is it for me? Is it my turn for kindness? Yeah, it is. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you say anything. I thought the other lady was speaking for you. I just wanted to thank God for double vision because. I stated everything that I went through in the struggle, but God truly gave me double vision. I remember when I was 15 and I had my baby. It's a long story, but I moved into this big raggedy house. My sister was 19 and she was addicted to drugs. So I went and took her three children and kept them at, you know, kind of helped raise them up. And I remember initially in life, everything was about blood, blood, blood. And that was my DNA blood. But my double vision came into play when God allowed me to realize that I was from the kingdom, that I was from a royal priesthood. And I began to see everybody as family. And I have been blessed through everything that I've been through to inspire so many young people. So I know that my light and everything that I went through in the dark was purposeful because I have so many God kids and nieces and nephews and my friends, um, my, my children's friends. As I mentioned, even Stefan Clark when he was in high school, you know, my kids seen all the flaws in me because they have been with me forever and they've been through the struggle. But all their friends was like, man, your mom's beautiful. She's nice. I wish I had a mama like that. And I always inspire these young people through God. So I'm thankful that he uses me to his glory and that my pain is my purpose. So I just want to state that too, because I don't ever want anybody to think that God just drug me through the mud. And I, and I know you guys know that he didn't, but he's utilizing me for his greatness to make a difference before many. And so I'm very grateful for that, that I can be an example for the young people coming from abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, domestic violence, you know, everything that I'm not, I'm not completely broken, even though there's a few pieces I'm still trying to put together at almost 50 years old, I'm able to be used by God in the field. I'm thankful to be a laborer. So I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Anybody, anybody? Do y'all, if there is no one else, 
Um, I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for this process. Thank God for being able to, um, from the rawest, most transparent of places, uh, just really connect with God. And so we give God glory and honor for this morning again. It is Wait While You Wait Wednesday. Today is our fast day. And for those that will be joining us, we meet back here at 5 p.m. Um, and if, if there is no one else, we will go ahead and release the line. I'll give one more Ali Ali Oxen free. If not, we'll give you some time back. Anybody else before we go? Amen. Anybody? Yeah, this is Sonya. Today I turned 54, y'all. Amen. Thank God. Hey, uh, I thought it was yesterday. Happy birthday, girl. Amen. Amen. Was it, did I hear somebody else trying to jump in? Am I tripping? Hey, this is valuable. Valuable. And happy birthday, Sonia. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, for me, it has been uh, a decision to receive the forgiveness. I feel like I made mistakes, you know, raising my son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it's a decision. It's a, it's a decision because he has, God has forgiven me. I just have to receive it. So. And mm-hmm. I, I had that conversation with them this morning while we we're all praying, and and Amen. that's what I'm deciding to receive that. Amen. That's a, that's a good thing. That's yeah. that's literally all we have, ever have to do is just receive His love, because child, it is what it is. You did, you know, you, we did the best we could. Well, we I know for sure I did. I. I ain't by any stretch of the imagination think I was short because I was trying my hardest not to, to deal with or cause my children to experience any of the things that I did. And listen, in some instances, I overgave, I overloved, I overworked, I, you know, just so, child, and it, whatever, they ain't mine anyway. I just got to babysit them for a while. <laughs> right. Amen. <laughs> That part. Mm-hmm. That's it. Thank you for sharing that that vulnerable space. Valuable, good stuff. Anybody else? Amen. All right, guys. Well, I will hear you at five o'clock today. If not, we will be right back here tomorrow morning. Um, and I pray that you have an exceptional day. And uh, I pray that we. Go ahead and give yourself permission to be great. How do you know that you have a whole entire father in heaven that loves you, that already has a plan for your life? Hello. Amen. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Have a wonderful day. Have a great day. Love you all. Have a blessed day.